Welcome back to the Enrich Life podcast. This is Jordan Clark, your host, and we are so excited for you to be listening today. And we're so excited to finally be back uh, after about a month and a half break because of COVID-19. I just wanted to let you know that we understand the campus shut down about middle of March or end of March. And all of you had to finish up your studies uh, by doing online classes and by doing exams online. So just so you know, we've been praying for all of you who were struggling to go through that. I know it wasn't the easiest time to navigate because of some of your classes not being structured properly for online. So we are just hoping you had a good break and a good restful break. And we are uh, actually gearing up to get Enrich U of R up and running again. And uh, we did get ratified as a student group on the campus of University of Regina. So we're so excited. And unfortunately, we couldn't keep doing Red Frogs because everything got canceled due to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So we uh, have just been looking at a strategy and looking at different ways into how we can pivot this ministry into reaching more people over the summer and how we can launch for the fall. So uh, this episode, we're actually going to tell you what our strategy is. We're going to tell you what's coming up for Enrich U of R. Uh, we want to remind you to go to our website. We actually just revamped it a little bit. We added a about page for us called Who We Are. We've updated our podcast section as well to show everyone you know, what we're going to be talking about over the next three to five weeks. We do have some awesome guests coming on the show that we're working on to talk about the recent events when it comes to the response to the George Floyd uh, killing and the the, uh, the George Floyd injustice incident that happened with a cop kneeling on his on his neck. And so we are uh, we have opened some doors to see if we can have some conversations around what to do in response to all this stuff. And we're going to talk a bit about that today and how we can act accordingly and how Christ would act in the situation. And it might surprise you, but everything I'm going to be using today is biblical. And I'm going to just pull from the Bible today because we have, uh, there's very little voices on podcast forms on uh, the internet that are actually just pulling scripture and putting it out there. So we're going to look at all sides of scripture today in regards to that. And so uh, we understand that Zoom is a terrible platform to meet on, especially since most of you are sick of meeting on Zoom because of classes. So we have organized in-person events, and our first one is going to be June 26 at 7 p.m. It is a car hide-and-seek citywide rally, I guess you could call it. It's uh, it's More details are on our website at enrichregina.com or on our Facebook page at EnrichUofR. And if you go to the website, you can click on the tile. It'll take you to the Facebook event. But it's at 7 p.m. We're meeting on campus, like right in uh, front of parking lot. I think it's parking lot M, uh, right in front of the owl there. We're going to meet in that area. And basically what we're going to do is uh, we are going, one car is going to hide. And then we're all going to go look for the car across the city. And then we're going to take turns and just keep going all night and play car tag and do a car rally maybe and do car hide and seek. And there's going to be some prizes as well. Uh, we are going to tell people that if you are able to drive and you have a car, please bring your car uh, as we need drivers and we need as many cars as we can get so that we can social distance in our cars. Uh, 
We also have a sign-up sheet that is going to be, uh, the link for that's going to be on our website also. So we need you to fill that out if you want to come and pre-register, just so we have a number, an idea for how many people are going to come. And, and we are also asking you to bring like 5 to $10 for gas money if you can, so that we can give gas money to the people that are driving. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's at 7 p.m. June 26th. It's going to be a blast. So, and, and tell your friends about it. It's our first uh, Enrich You of our event of 2020. So actually our second one, I guess, because we had a little get together before we launched the student group. But we want to get together. We want to create events that are safe spaces for you to invite your friends. And we just want you to be a part of our community on campus. Uh, it's not just for students. So it's just for young adult age people across the city. So if, even if you're not a student, we want to create a network for our students on campus to meet with non-students and vice versa. We want to create a network that supports each other in that. So please understand, you know, if you're uh, in the young adult range, if you are a student, uh, you know, if you're bored <laughs> and you want some in-person events, our first one is June 26th at 7 p.m. Uh, we have some awesome events coming up. I'm not going to tell you the dates for right now, but at the end of July, uh, I believe July 24th, around that time, uh, we are going to have an outdoor movie night and we're hoping to do it on top of the parkade at Cornwall Mall. So we are talking to them to see uh, if that's possible. So that's what we're hoping to do for July. And that event will be limited to about 30 people. And then we also are doing an outdoor clue night, citywide clue night, which was a big event that we were going to do before it got canceled. So we're going to do that one in August, at the end of August. And we're going to do that one. Uh, it's going to have a sign-up sheet as well for, uh, for a max of about 30 people that can come. And again, please mark these events on your calendars as they come up on our Facebook. And we're going to advertise them on here as well. Because these are great events for you to invite your friends to, for you to get involved, and for you to meet our leadership team as well. And to get to know us. So please, uh, please just know that we're looking at meeting in person and gathering in person uh, starting June 26th. So please mark that date on your calendar and look, go to our website at enrichregina.com to get more information on the events. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we want to start building this community. And in the fall, what we're actually going to do is we're going to meet in a big gathering once in a while, probably once every two months or once a month. But what we want to do is we want to launch a, these little groups called core groups. And these groups are going to be led by our leaders. So right now our leadership team is consisted of four other people. So myself, Jordan Clark is the president of the group and Nicole Thompson is the vice president of the group. Uh, and then our social coordinator is Brittany Wong, and she is also a Red Frogs uh, team lead. So she can lead Red Frogs events uh, as well, and she's a social coordinator for our group. So she helps plan the events. And then our other social coordinator and secretary is Morgan Walters. And, uh, and then Joseph Villaforte is our treasurer. So uh, we have an exciting team. So each of these people, Joseph, Morgan, Brittany, and Nicole, they are all going to individually lead a core group. And these core groups, uh, there's going to be four of them. And right now we are actually looking at building them. They're going to be, they're, they're right now they're praying about it and they're seeing what they want their group to be specified in. And so, uh, and then we're going to 
announce to you in July what these core groups each represent, and then you can sign up for that core group for the semester. And what we're going to do is they are going to uh, keep in touch with you all the time, every week, to walk with you, to give you that little micro community within campus to see how you're doing, uh, to also give you resources and groceries if you need them or support in that way if you need them. They're also going to, uh, which this is awesome, they're going to meet, hopefully, one to three times a month where they're going to meet and do a Bible study. So either it'll be weekly or biweekly and they will, uh, you guys will grow together in a discussion based format where you'll do these Bible studies and they will lead you in these, uh, re in these studies and topical studies. So it's, that's really exciting. Uh, so there's going to be, you know, I'm mainly, I, Jordan Clark am mainly going to be on the podcast format, giving you a weekly podcast and then, all of these groups are going to be specified in certain areas with these different leaders. So you're going to get a different kind of leader and they're going to be intentional with you as they lead you. So this is really exciting that we're launching this. I think this is how our group is really going to grow and it's going to grow spiritually as we disciple one another, instead of just meeting once in a while and doing a random Bible study, this will allow our group to become interactive and to have, uh, to have, let you, the people who come to our group and the members who come to our group have specific ownership in it. So we are so excited for that. So please uh, keep your eyes glued onto www.enrichregina.com and our Facebook page and our Instagram page at Enrich U of R because this kind of stuff is going to be coming out every week now. We're also starting a brand new social media campaign. So please, uh, please, uh, log in and check our Instagram to see what that looks like as the leaders are going to each post every week. And it, you're going to get to know our leaders as well through very interactive and very intimate ways. So we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up for Enrich U of R. We're not resting on our laurels. We are ready to go and we want to connect you to Christ. We want to love you. We want to support you. And we, we just want to have fun as well. We want to, this has been a not fun time. So we want to just get together and we just want to have fun. And that's exactly what our goal is with Enrich U of R over the summer. So uh, now we're going to start our episode and we're just going to get right into the meat of this episode. This episode might be a little bit shorter, but uh, this whole month, we're pretty much going to be talking about the issues that have been going on over the last couple of weeks when it comes to uh, the backlash and the uprising after the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it's uh, this has been a very trying time for a lot of people in a lot of different areas. It has been a trying time for the black community across the world as they are grieving and they are upset and they're looking for justice. This has also been a trying time for our, especially our indigenous communities in Canada, as you know, they have, uh, they have been the targets and felt like they've been the targets of uh, racism when it comes to our police force and when it comes to even churches and stuff like that. Uh, we also want to understand that there's a community within the cops and, and the, a community within our police forces that are hurting as well. I know there's a lot of cops that are afraid to go to their jobs and they don't know what's going to come next. And a lot of people want to defund the police. And that mean, that can mean a whole lot of different things. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to actually hear from different people into saying, okay, what does that mean? What kind of changes do we actually want? But it's when you hear that phrases like that, it's actually really scary for people that work in those departments. So 
you know, today at the end of this episode, we're going to learn how to be like Christ. And at the end of this episode, we are just going to pray for all of those groups because it's not about picking sides. It's not about us versus them. Uh, that's what the world wants us to do. And that's what our culture is telling us to do. But as we're going to learn today, Jesus taught us to not rely on culture. Jesus taught us to not rely on the laurels of the world. And Jesus taught us to not bow down to what the world wants. Jesus taught us to bow down to him uh, because he is God and because he is our savior. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians, as I'm going to pull it up here. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 14. For just as the body is one of the many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are, we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. And then it continues to verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And at the beginning and and throughout chapter 12, Paul is going to say exactly who the head of that body is. And Jesus Christ is the head of that body. It says at the beginning... That's what it says at the beginning in verses 12 to 14. For just as one body has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And we have to be a body that is under Christ, drinking of one spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit, who is the same God as Jesus and the same God as the Father. So that's really important, and that's the whole heart of what I'm going to say today and the whole that's where i am personally coming from when it comes to a lot of these issues is that now the church needs to respond in certain ways and people want the church to respond in certain ways but before we respond we have to ask the question what does it mean to be in the church and what does it mean to be like christ because we're we i go to church on sunday morning uh, or I listen to church on Sunday morning, or I work in church on Sunday morning uh, and throughout the week, not because I want to. I do it because God called me to do it. And I do it because I believe in Jesus. I don't do it because I believe in a certain political party. I don't do it because I follow certain movements. I don't do it because I think the world is unjust. I do it just because I was saved by Christ and I believe he is God and I know he is God. That's why I go to church. And so today, that's where the heart of this argument, or not even argument, but that's where the heart of this episode comes from. How do we respond in situations like this? And I think we need to ask these questions. And by the way, we need to ask these questions to people from these communities, which is why uh, currently we are working on getting people from the Indigenous community. We are looking at getting people from the Black community to come on this show to actually talk real hard conversations about this stuff into how we can come together and 
and do good works for Christ and bring people to know the gospel and the good news of Christ, even though we don't have to agree on semantics or little things. So that's that's exactly where we're heading for the next couple of weeks. But before we start that stuff, we need to boil it down to, you know, how can we be like Christ in these situations? Uh, and the reason why that's so important is because in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, this is what Paul writes. Actually, I'm going to start with 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So it is very clear that Paul is telling us that we need to be more like Jesus and that only Jesus and only the power and the work of the Holy Spirit can transform us to be more Christ-like. Earlier in this chapter, in chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul actually talks about how Moses was kind of handicapped in the sense because he couldn't face God face to face. There was a veil in front of him. And we know this because Moses, uh, God didn't come upon people in a similar way in the New Testament as he did in the Old Testament. He comes upon certain people, the spirit falls upon certain people, and then they do the work based on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In Joel 3, it tells us that there was going to be this new outpouring, that there's going to be new crops that come, and there's going to be this amazing hope and this outflow of the Holy Spirit to come. And we believe that that is found in the book of Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the people, on all the people in that house, and the fire came on them, and their job was to take the gospel to the the rest of the world, was to take the good news of Jesus, not the good news of their movement, not the good news of Peter, not the good news of justice or social justice, but the good news of Christ to the rest of the world. And before they did that, they were actually very scared. They were very fearful of what they would what that would bring on them because they knew that the person they worshiped was killed and they knew that they could be killed for doing what they were doing. But in order to have the courage and the bravery to do that at the end of chapter two, they actually got together and they communed and they shared their things and they had communion together, knowing that they needed each other to g gain the courage to go into the world and to spread the gospel and to be Christ-like. You see, if we're going to be Christ-like, we cannot be Christ-like without spending time with Jesus. It's just not going to happen if we're not. And that's why in our season one, we talked, we broke it down and we talked about how do we follow Jesus? And we have 19 episodes base or sorry, we have probably two or three episodes that are just for fun in there. So I will say we have about 16 episodes that you can chew on, that you can go back and listen to, where we talk about what it means to actually follow Jesus and what it means to grow in Jesus. And it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of work and it takes meditation. You can't just pray before you go to bed. You can't just pray before your meals and think that is what your prayer life is like. That is not what Jesus called us to do. Jesus called us 
to uh, worship him, to exalt him, to take the time and to meditate and listen for him. And he does that quite a, quite often in his ministry. Uh, we know that he is uh, called by the Holy Spirit to go into the desert and to be tempted. And in the desert, he's tempted by Satan. And this is found in Matthew chapter 4. And as he's tempted in the desert, he actually quotes Deuteronomy to denounce the work of Satan in his life. So what I love about that is that it shows us that Jesus was well-versed in the Torah. Jesus memorized the law of God and he knew exactly what he was talking about. So, so we know that sometime in his life, he had the discipline to read the Torah, to memorize it and to ponder on what God was teaching him through the word of God. And that's, you know, so I want to challenge you today before we even get into this discussion of what it means to be Christ-like, what does your personal time with Jesus look like? Because if you're sitting here today listening to this episode and you don't know how to respond to the world and you're not spending time with your Bible and with Jesus and meditating with him and, and calling on him, then you are going to step out and you're going to fail and you're not going to do what Jesus wants you to do. That that passion for Jesus is so vital and it's so important. And we have to be doing that when, especially when no one is looking. So how do we be more Christ-like when we live in a world right now that is clearly divided, where social media platforms are toxic, especially when talking about racism, talking about uh, aspects of intersectionality, talking about aspects of uh, whether or not extreme institutional racism still exists. In all of these discussions online, everything's very toxic. And I would recommend not really entering those conversations online because it's just a minefield right now where we need to have these discussions is in person. It's while versing ourselves and listening to every side in every community. And it's also being able to come to the table and meet together and have the discussions as human beings instead of hurling insults at each other. Now, you know, it's, I've been asking myself over the last week, especially since the protests have hit Regina uh, and it's taking Regina by storm now with Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. I just want to say that the reason I reached out to the people that I reached out with is because I don't agree with everything in all of these movements. Now, I have been praying for the black community. I have been playing, praying for the indigenous communities because I think there is injustice that happens towards them. And I do think racism exists. And, and Rich Uivar condemns racism. I just want to say that right now. We are a student group that believes in diversity. We believe that Jesus teaches us that our skin color, our race, our ethnicity, our culture does not define who we are. But the kingdom of heaven and God defines who we are. Our identity cannot be placed in the institutions of the world. Our identity must be placed as a child of God, as it says in Romans 8. And that's where a lot of the problems are, are laying for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of churches are ripping each other apart. That's why there's division across all boundaries when it comes to all these political issues. And the reason that these issues are political is because the moral fabric of society has moved moral issues into the school of politics. And so 
that's very important to understand. And the Bible, and we're going to unpack the Bible today, clearly teaches us that, yes, we live in the world and we should have an influence on the world and we need to have a godly Christ-like nature influence on the world. But it is important to understand that our place in the world is not it. That's It's not the final resting place for us. It's not you know, everything we do shouldn't be driven by worldly things. It should be driven by kingdom-minded things. It should be driven by Jesus Christ and the man and the God we worship in him. And we can't worship movements. We can't worship earthly institutions. We can't worship political parties and political leaders. We have to be very careful of that. All that stuff is frail and all of it is fallible. Because it's a, they're all human institutions. And the Bible says that kingdoms will come and go. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 that there is nothing new under the sun and that life is vanity, full of vanity, says the teacher. That's very important to know because this earth will come and go and history does repeat itself. And, and God is the only thing that is eternal. So... Now that we've established how important it is to separate ourselves from the world in the sense that we shouldn't worship worldly movements, we should worship Jesus. Now, what does that actually mean? And what does D- Jesus actually teach us? Because we see a lot of these movements. We see we see movements, the Black Lives Matter movement, quoting Martin Luther King Jr. all of the time. We see movements on the right, like white supremacist movements, and we also see conservative movements. Uh, We see them quoting different parts of scripture. And then we also see people taking certain scripture out of context and just throwing one verse out there. And I want to address all of that today. And we're going to look at scripture in a holistic fashion because we can't take scripture out of context. Today, we're going to learn that Jesus cares about the oppressed. Jesus cares about people that no one else cares about. He cares about minorities, and he actually reached out to them, and he brought them alongside of him, and he loved them, and then he revealed himself to them, okay? So that's the first one. Jesus cares about the oppressed and the minorities in the world. Number two is, yes, Jesus cares about justice. Now, I don't believe Jesus cares necessarily about social justice all the time when you look at that original wording. The justice that Jesus cares about is, uh, I do believe social justice is wrapped up into it when it comes to how people are treated by systems and how people are treated by people in power and leadership. And we must advocate for victims and those people that are affected by certain situations. That's actually why we do Red Frogs on campus, because we believe in serving the community and helping keep the community safe. That's exactly what Jesus taught us, and we're going to unpack that today. Now, I do believe that Jesus also talks about justice in the sense that there is a justice that God will bring on the world. There is a justice that God will bring into the world because the world is full of sin. We are broken. We are imperfect. And God is going to bring justice to that. And he's going to judge the world. God does judge the world. We see it all the time in scripture. Uh, I'm not going to comment on recent events, but 
you know what? I do think that sickness is brought on in this world because of our sin, because we hide behind closed doors, because we tinker with things that we probably shouldn't tinker with, because we abuse the environment to an extent as well. Um, I think all these things bring on earthly consequences like sickness and like pain and like injustice. So I think we have to understand that. And that stuff isn't necessarily brought on by God, but God lets it happen because it's a part of that choice that he's given us. He's given us that choice to sin or not to sin, to live under him or to not live under him. And we can't have, we can't have the choice without the bad side of it, right? So um, I do believe that's how scripture is built. And I do believe that's the justice that Jesus is also talking about. God will judge us and he will bring full justice to us by letting us and allowing us to repent and to turn away from our old sinful selves into his glory. And yes, in order to receive salvation from Jesus and to become to in order to walk in the first step to become more Christ-like, you must repent of your sins. That's exactly what scripture tells us. Now, so Jesus cares about the oppressed and cares about the minorities. Secondly, Jesus cares about justice and he cares about injustice as well. Not just social justice and social fabrics, but he cares about justice brought to us uh, because of our sinful nature, that he will cleanse us of our sinful nature. Now, third, uh, the third point I want to make is very, it, it's along the, these lines and we're going to unpack the scripture that highlights the heart of Jesus. So Jesus cared about the oppressed. Jesus cares about injustice and justice when it comes to our sinful nature and the injustices in the world. And thirdly, Jesus cares about our identity. And he tackles identity so much throughout his gospel. And I think one thing is very clear about our modern, postmodern culture is that everything is wrapped around identity. So when you become a part of a certain movement, we put our identity into that movement for ourselves. When it comes to the way we look, when it comes to the way people have treated us, when it comes to the trauma that we've experienced, we take those things and we wrap our identity around them. When it comes to how we feel, when it comes to even the things we watch and the things we listen to, we wrap our identity around the stuff. And we can see that human beings long for community. I mean, that's why there's a Minecraft convention. That's why there's video game uh, sites that are dedicated, like Discord and Reddit, that are now dedicated to multiple communities on there. That's why social media has skyrocketed into the atmospheres because people want to be a part of movement. They want to be a part of something because they wrap their identities around that stuff. And the one thing we have to realize is Jesus preaches this over and over again throughout the gospels. And he, and Paul reiterates where our identity should lie. So what one scripture story or scripture verse does un unpacks all three of these topics or all three of these points that I'm talking about today in order to be more Christ-like? Well, it's very simple. And that's Matthew 5, verse 1 to verse 16. Actually, you can probably keep going after that, which we might keep going after that. But I'm going to read what the scripture says, because this is the one scripture 
that every side of the political aisle, that every side of the social movements on the internet, they're pulling things from the Beatitudes and they are pulling things out of context and not reading the whole Beatitude sermon. And this sermon is very important because it shows exactly what the heart of Jesus's ministry is. And this is Matthew 5, verse 1 to 16. Seeing the crowds, he went up to the mountain and when he sat down, the, the disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and under all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for they, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And this is exactly the heart of Jesus's ministry. And I might get emotional. I'm, I don't know. Because this last week, I have questioned everything that I worked for in ministry. This last week, I have been torn between two separate factions or two separate ideas within the church that is permeating from the world when it comes to how do we respond? What do we do? And I'm going to be very frank. There are institutions in the world that I no longer trust. Uh I actually don't really trust the government anymore. I don't really trust political movements anymore because I don't really like what I see in a lot of these movements. And honestly, the reason I haven't shared the Black Lives hashtag uh, be, is because I have I, I have a clear conviction between the movement and the organization and, and the two being tied together. And you know what? I firmly believe Black Lives Matter. I firmly believe that human life matters, that God made every single human being in his image. And it is uh, the Tower of Babel is an excellent story in the Bible where humanity was once united and they built this massive tower and this tower got knocked down by God and everyone was speaking a different language. And there was division because of the sinful nature of man and humanity. And I, I think it is sinful to be racist. It is sinful to look at someone and look down on them because they look a certain way, because they might look like a different color than you. I believe that is sin because of our sinful nature. It is not what God deemed for us. There is no perfect race under God. We are all a part of that. We are all a part of the image of God, which is so important to reiterate today. And that is why I feel so torn because you don't, 
uh, and also I don't agree with certain things tied to Black Lives Matter organization. I don't agree with abortion. I don't agree with population control. I don't agree with certain things found in this movement. And so for me, it's very hard to, uh, it's very hard to have biblical convictions and then to meet the social world and to understand, okay, how do we, how do we have a voice here? How do we influence or not only influence, but how do we respect the grieving community and how do we move forward to be more Christ-like? And to be honest, we can support these protests or we can pray for these people, which is what we're supposed to do. And God says that we need to pray for those we disagree with. We need to pray for our enemies. We need to pray and love our neighbors as well. It doesn't matter who they are. So we need to pray for these people. We need to actually ask them, what do we need what do you need from us to help you? And that's what we're hoping to do over the next few weeks on this podcast. But I use that as a, a specific example because I have been torn in my faith over the last week because I don't know how to respond in these areas. So how do we respond? Well, we take the Beatitudes and we respond like Jesus. We need to bless those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. We need to understand there's people that don't know everything that we know and we don't know everything that they know and we need to actually have a discussion and a discussion uh, that is constructive not just we can't yell we can't hurl rocks at each other we can't hurt each other because it says in first peter we are not to pay evil repay evil by being evil. We cannot have the ethics of, well, we're going to retaliate with something worse. That is actually unbiblical. We need to bless those who mourn. We actually need to grieve alongside of the indigenous communities. We need to grieve alongside of the black communities. And we also need to grieve with our cops that are being uh, called out right now and they're being kind of targeted in some ways. We need to walk alongside of all of these communities and we need to grieve with them and pray for them as they mourn losses on every side. We also need to uh, understand that God blesses the meek. So it's okay to be quiet sometimes. It's okay to step back from a situation and to let other people take control or take point and we need to learn from one another. That's what meekness teaches us. We need to be humble before each other instead of thinking, and this is where something I had to learn in the last week. I like being right a lot of the time. I like stating my opinion. And sometimes I like doing it in, in a way that bashes people over the head. And I learned that and I deleted some stuff I posted on Facebook and I don't want to act like that anymore. I want to approach situations humbly just as Jesus did. And by the way, when Jesus was getting persecuted and when he was put before trial before the Jewish people as they rioted for his death, he never fought back. He let them kill him. So that's something that we need to point out as well. We also need to bless those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, those who fight for justice. And we also need to bless those who fight for God's justice as well. Those who are trying to live righteously in these situations. We need to come alongside of injustice and we need to provide justice just as God and just as Jesus provided justice for a lot of minorities. 
we need to do that as well. We need to bless those who have mercy and we need to have mercy on each other. So a lot of people were taking the justice quote, but they weren't talking about being peacemakers. They weren't talking about what Jesus said after that. So yes, it's good to care about justice and it's good to care about injustice, but you also need to do it in a way that is bringing peace as well. That is bringing uh, humility and mercy as well. You cannot do it with an iron fist and you cannot do it while weaponizing the movement. And that's exactly why I do not condone and do not agree with what's happening with Black Lives Matter in the United States. They are working with Antifa. They are attacking. Uh, they're rioting and people. it's out of control. And actually, there's still people within that movement that want to peacefully protest but then people within that protest actually ruin it for the rest of everyone because they start acting violently. And that is not biblical. That is not being merciful. That is not being a peacemaker. And that is not Christ-like. Blessed are the peacemakers for they'll be shall, they shall be called sons of God. That's what Jesus says. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So, I think it's a clear, and it says, Jesus says in John 15, that the world isn't going to sugar, like the world isn't going to like you if you believe in Jesus. The world is going to come against you and worldly movements will come against you. And, and, and it's not a popularity contest. We do, you know, it is our job to bring Jesus to people and to bring the gospel and the good news to people, but it's, we can't bring a false Jesus to people. We have to bring the righteous King the true God that is in the scriptures to people. And that being said, uh, there are things that are, there's biblical living in the Bible that I stand by that I don't hide from people. And if I lose clout or whatever, or if I lose traction in any way because of biblical values, in my opinion, I'm okay with that because the Bible teaches us that the, there are certain things that are just wrong and there's a certain way to deal with those certain things. And by the way, the things that I think that I read in the Bible that are wrong, uh, the Bible actually doesn't really pull salvation into a lot of those things. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Christians will say, well, you know, what? if you're living uh, in the gay community and you're living that lifestyle, you can't go to heaven. Well, the Bible never says that. The Bible doesn't make it a salvation issue. The Bible does say that, you know, um, that it is sinful to live this way, that it isn't correct. But then Paul says that these people need to be shown grace and love, and we need to walk with these people. It says in Romans 1 and 2, hey, instead of judging others, maybe judge yourself and figure your stuff out so that people will be attracted to your church because you're living just like everyone else. So what's the point of even going to church? That's exactly what Paul says in Romans 1 and 2. So there's a, you know what, you can believe in a truth, that is in the Bible, but then you can also act like Jesus when representing that truth. And Jesus is merciful. Jesus is righteous. And he does try to call for peace. He does enter situations and he doesn't really fight back. He he is a peacemaker, even though the, the Jewish people wanted him dead. He is a peacemaker. Now, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. You So it, we have to live within the earth 
and we have to be influencers of the earth for with the gospel, but we cannot become like the earth, like, like the world. Like we are still living the truth and the lights of Christ. And this is the hardest tension for Christians right now. How do we respond to this stuff without being judgmental, without hurting, causing more grief? How do we walk alongside these people? And honestly, that is, I just started praying this week. I said to God, how can I have a tender heart and be humbled and start opening the doors for these conversations with people that I might not always agree with, but we can still work with. And that's exactly what God has challenged, challenged me with. And I don't have to devalue my biblical convictions in order to do that. And that's where a lot of the progressive church is going wrong. They are, uh, they are bowing down to a lot of these things and they're becoming just like the world and they're making the church about social justice only when it's not, it's about Jesus. It's not about movements. It's not about black lives matter. It's not about even Martin Luther King. He is not God. He is not even a, I wouldn't even call him a prophet. He is a person that lived a holy life under God that fought for rights for the black community, which I agree with for the most part. And, but he is not Jesus. And that is exactly what I'm trying to get at today. We need to be reminded that we need to worship Jesus. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket on, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. So how are we giving the light to the world? Are we giving a light to the world as the church? Because Jesus didn't shout at people. Jesus didn't hit people over the head with gospel. Jesus literally touched a leper. He did stuff that was so unpopular. He touched a dead body on Sabbath. He committed, he did miracles on, or sorry, he healed someone's hand on the Sabbath. And after that, he touched a dead body. So he did things that went against the legalistic church. He did things that went against the Jewish law. And he did that to show people that the Jewish law isn't God but that he is God. And that is important. And we have to understand that if we are going to call ourselves Christ-like, that our heart should burn for the things Christ cares about. And by the way, Christ cares about the oppressed and the minorities. Christ cares about, uh, Christ does care about being merciful and being righteous. Christ does care about justice, social injustice, and justice with us repenting from our sins. Jesus cares about this stuff. And by the way, church and people within our enriching of our crew, this stuff is really hard. It's hard to navigate and I'm not an expert in every field, which is why we're going to bring people from these different fields to see what they have to say so that we can learn from them. Cause that's also what Christ calls us to do. Christ, us, Christ show, tells us to show that peace. So, that's why I don't believe in the I don't believe in destroying protests. I don't believe in shutting things down. I don't believe uh, I don't believe in shutting people up. I believe in listening to people even if I disagree with them because that is showing mercy. And I'm not God, by the way. We can be Christ-like, 
We can be more like Jesus, but we are not Jesus. We have to remember that. We are still under him as the body of Christ, like it says in 1 Corinthians 12. So I hope this episode today uh, helps you to sum it up. In or If we're going to respond to be more Christ-like, we need to care about the oppressed and the minorities. We need to care about justice, both when it comes to our sinful selves and that we need Christ to re- and we need to repent and say sorry to him and respect him. And we also need to care about injustices in the world. And we also need to uh, understand that our identity is not wrapped up in the things of the world. This is what he says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to in all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We don't do the good works because we want to look good. We do the good works because then that shows people who Jesus is. So we shouldn't be doing the good works if it's because we want to make money off them or we want our personal agendas to go forward. We should only be doing good works to show people the heart of Jesus. And that is where our identity should lie. Not in what we're doing, not in certain movements, not in protests, not in the way we look or the way our neighbors look, not in any of the stuff the world is teaching us right now. Our identity must be wrapped as a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ. That is it. That is, that's, that's the number one thing that we have to do. And everyone is wrapping their identities. We have churchgoers wrapping their identities around their buildings and around their churches. We have people in, in certain areas of government wrapping themselves around their political parties. And it's just creating this division because it's us versus them all the time. And I know I've been guilty of it too, but you know what? I was reminded this week that I am a son of God. I, you know, I, I am a son under the head of Christ. And uh, I'm not the son of God. I'm a son of God. I am someone who belongs to him. I don't belong to the agencies of the world. And that is so hopeful. And that has given me so much hope this week in navigating these situations. So I want you to understand that when you're in these conversations talking with these people that you shouldn't be having online, by the way, uh, you need to show the things that Jesus teaches in the Beatitudes. You need to show mercy. You need to show peace. You also need to stand up for what you believe in, but you also need to believe in Jesus. So don't stand like Jesus should shine through all the injustices you're talking about and all the action that you're doing. And that is how we can be more Christ-like. I want to challenge you this week as we convene for the week. Read Matthew 5. Read the whole chapter. Just read it all week. Soak in it. Take it in. And just understand that is the heart of the gospel. And that's why this sermon is such a famous sermon that Jesus preached. Thank you so much for listening to the Rich Life Podcast. This is our f- episode 20, our first episode of season two. And we are so excited to come at you every single week on Fridays around 1 p.m. We're going to air our episodes. Next week, we talk about relationships and sex with Mandy Foster. And then the week after that, we are going to be talking about uh, who is God. You know, who is God? Who is this person in this being that we worship? So please join us as we, uh, for every single week, share our podcast with your friends, especially if you're in the membership of, at Enrich 
U of R. Uh, we are on Spotify. We're on uh, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and major podcast formats. And you can find us on there. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.